Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bible, you can open it to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Uh, we will look at, uh, have you been chosen? Have you been chosen? Uh, what a wonderful piece of text here that we have. I want you to pay attention to a few things as we go through this study. Uh, you're going to see the term in Christ or the word in used a number of times. Uh, you'll see in the heavenly places, in Christ, in Him, in love, and in the beloved. And then you'll also see blessed twice and spiritual blessings and uh, just a wonderful piece of scripture. I hope that you enjoy this study as we continue to look at have you been chosen. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Are you bearing fruit? Remember we talked about the grapes when we went over that in the... Uh, when we did the study on the Holy Spirit. And it talked about the grapes being either bitter or sweet. What kind of fruit are you? Are you bitter? Because He chose you to be a sweet fruit that, that draws people in. So you can share the gospel. So you can disciple them. But He says, look, I'm not simply saving you for heaven. I'm saving you here. I got a mission for you here on earth. You have a mission. You have a commander-in-chief who's given you a command to do what? To share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to do what? Make disciples. Those are the things he's asked us to do. And, and at the end of the day, it's like when we... This is one of the things I had talked to you all about, about love the Lord with your... With, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Because when you're doing that, it overflows out of you and it comes naturally. It comes naturally. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2, it says, Looking into Jesus. And this is very important for those people who are saying that you can lose your faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Not your Instagram or your Facebook. Telling people they're going to lose their salvation. You know, I wonder, God says we have to, we'll have to account for every word. I wonder if we're going to have to account for every... These are the old phones. Remember the old phones? <laughs> right, Steve? The ones that had the little... I remember y'all used to do too. Had the little keyboard. <laughs> You're going to have to give account for that. But the author and finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross... 
despising the shame, and hath sat down at the right hand of the, of the throne of God. He endured the cross, and it, it, who for the joy? Joy. He's like, I, 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 I am the author and finisher of your faith. Jesus Christ. What I've started in you, I will complete. That's what Greg said about Lonnie Frisbee. Yes, Lonnie could have done so much more. Lonnie was his own worst enemy. But Lonnie repented at the end of his life and found God again. And, and, and who completed the work? Christ did. Christ completed the work. So every time that you think that, that somebody's doing this and they're, oh man, they, they're, they're, they're walking away from God, they're losing their salvation, you're putting Christ back up on the cross again. Or every time that you start diving back into a sin and you're knee deep in it and the Holy Spirit's done showing you you need to walk away from this, you're putting, putting Jesus back on the cross again. You're saying the work that you did wasn't enough. And we have to remember that God has God given us the Holy Spirit. He chose us. That's a beautiful piece of text. You know, he, he has chosen us. Meaning that if He chose us and we were born in the image of God, you were chosen to be what? Male or female. You weren't chosen to change to female or male to, to, to female. That's not what God chose for you. You're going against the natural. Do you see why the devil's using that now? Because it goes against what's naturally in the Bible. What God has called you. God set you before the foundation. He knew what you were going to be. Male or female. And so when you, when you start messing with that stuff, you're going against what the, the natural order of what God had intended for your life. And let me tell you something. When, when I understand that God is providing for me, and God is responsible for me, for me, and I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, it's a weight of freedom. It, it, it let that weight go. I can remember when I gave my, my heart to Christ, when I confessed my sins, I just remember like this, this weight, like this boulder being taken off my back. Gone. There's a freedom in walking with Christ. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 8, and this is on the nation of Israel, but I love what it says. It says, The Lord did not set His love on, on you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any other people, for you are at least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you, and because He would keep the oath which He swore up to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh and the king of Egypt. Just as God chose Israel because, why? Because the Lord loves. That's His nation. He chose them. And God's not done with Israel. There, there's going to be a great awakening. People are going to come to know faith in Israel during the tribulation. But it's a reminder to us that God loves you. And He understands the trials and the difficulties and the problems that you go through. And, and He's not going to give up on you. He's always drawing you to Him. 
And any time that you feel, man, don't beat yourself up. If you've fallen into sin, you repent. You confess your sin, you repent, you get up, and you get moving. Stop looking in the past. I love that because if you think about the nation of Israel, that's why I gave you all that verse, because what did the nation of Israel do? They would get going, do well for a while, then they'd fall. They'd get going for a while, and they'd fall. Sounds a lot like us. We get going for a while and then we say something like, Oh my Lord, why did I say that? You need to confess it. You need to repent. You need to, you need to probably check your... I'm sure the Holy Spirit told you, don't say it. But what keeps us from running to the cross? Pride. It's pride. It's pride. And, and so when we think about... Uh, pride, one of the things I always think about is Naaman. Naaman was a commander of the army of the king of Syria back in 2 Kings chapter 5. And I won't read through all of it because we won't have time. Uh, but in 2 Kings chapter 5, if you want to read the story later, uh, he, he got leprosy. And, and there was a, a young girl from Israel that was captive that uh, kept telling Naaman's wife that there was a prophet that could heal Naaman. And so he eventually goes and, and finds Elijah and, and uh, is told that he needs to... Elijah doesn't even come out. Elijah sends a servant out and says, Hey, you need to go dip yourself seven times in the Jordan. Right? And he, he's like, man, I'm not dipping myself in the Jordan. There's all these other rivers that are more beautiful, more pristine that I could go do that in. The Jordan's filthy. Are you going to do it or No. You know what? He wasn't going to do it. His pride was going to keep him from doing it. But one of the servants is like, you've got to do this. And what does he do? He goes and dips himself seven times in the Jordan River. And it says in, the, in that last little verse, in verse 14 of 2 Kings chapter 5, it says, so, we, so he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of the man of God and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child and he was clean. Why? Naaman humbles himself. You know the main reason people won't choose to follow Christ? Because they won't humble themselves. Their pride won't let them. It's pride that keeps people from the kingdom of God. That's one of the devil's best tools. James chapter 4, verse 6, it says, But he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And the last part of that, verse 4, it says that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Without blame in love and to, to be holy. It, it's because of understanding God's sovereign choosing. It it, it, it it's understanding that our personal responsibility for personal holiness and sanctification. And that's what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. It says, Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. We are chosen to be holy, set apart, consecrated from, uh, unto God. And holiness is, is evidence that you've been chosen. And something that you pursue. It, 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 it's something that, that pours out of us. But he says, without blame, before him in love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4-5, through 5, it says, Love suffers long and 
And it is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Does not provoke. Thinks no evil. When you go, well, I don't know how to be holy. There's a good start. Because that love that he's talking about is agape love. And that's that love, that sacrificial love that comes from, uh, you know, that, that when... I, I truly believe that when that love is poured out into this culture, meaning that we have the love of your Lord, your God, who's what you love with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, it pours out of you. And, and, and it's a, a blessing that, that blesses others because you're loving them without expecting anything in return. The culture wants something in return. Whatever they do, they want something in return. That's the type of love that they have. If I do, well, here's a good, you know, Valentine's Day. Well, I got you something. What are you going to get me? That's what Valentine's Day has become. Let me tell you something, man. If you're a Christian, you don't have to practice that stuff. But let me tell you something. If you're going to do something for your wife, you do it because, this is a tip for the men. You do it expecting nothing in return. If you buy flowers every time you get in trouble, flowers is not what you should buy for Valentine's Day. Because all you're doing is reminding her of how many times you've gotten in trouble. Men, you need to pursue your wife the way you pursued her when you first met her. Because I guarantee you, you were chasing hard after her. You need to keep doing that. That agape love, that's the love of God with all our heart, soul, and mind through humility and obedience and serving and that outpours to others. And, and, and that's the type of love he's talking about. Without, without the blame. Before him in love. And he says, I have predestined us to adoptions of the Son by Jesus Christ in verse 5 according to the good pleasure of his will. Our salvation is entirely based on God's grace. Chosen for His good pleasure and His will. And so one of the things I love is when we talk about adoption, the term that Paul uses here, he uses the, the term that he would have known that, that was very familiar, which is Roman law. Remember, he's writing this and he's in a Roman jail. And he's writing this to an audience. That, that would understand this. So uh, an adoption in Roman law means you had nothing to do with, with the old family. When you're adopted to the new family, when you're adopted to the new family, what happens is you're, a new, you're part of the new family. Your debt is paid. You owe nothing. Sounds familiar, right? So when you give your life to Christ, your debt is paid. When you give your heart to Christ, your debt is paid. When you confess your sins, your debt is paid. Right? That was how adoption was. And we've been adopted to the kingdom of God. Is what Paul is saying is, those of you, remember he started the letter off, saints in Ephesus. He's speaking to the believers. He's saying, you have been adopted. You are a child or children of God. In John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, it says, But as many received him to them... He gave them the right to become children of God to those who believe in His name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God. But of God. In Colossians chapter 1 verses 17 and 18 it says, And He is before all things and in Him all things consist. 
and he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning and the firstborn uh, uh, from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. God chose us for what? His purpose. Why? Because he loves us. We're his creation. We aren't chosen because we're holy. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. God is preparing us for the wedding day. When he gives us that verse in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27, it says that he might present her to himself as a glorious church. And that verse is written to husband and wife, but he's given this example, uh, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. He's given that example because Christ is the head of the church. Christ is uh, the head of the church and we are his bride. And he wants to present the Father, the church having no spot or wrinkle. And, he's, and, and when, as we say that, that's why we don't believe in irresistible grace, meaning that you can just do whatever you want to do. You're already chosen. You just live your life the way you want to live it. You're already chosen. Why would you be at church then? Right? I, I, Super Bowl, I know a lot of people already started cooking. Grills are going already. See, we, 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 we understand one of the things it says in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, we who died to sin live any longer in it? We are to practice righteousness, practice holiness. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, it says, In the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. And then 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, My little children, these things are right to you, so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, our, uh, the righteous, and He Himself is the propitiation of our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. So again, we see that it was for the whole world, chosen for the whole world. He took the place of our guilt, of our sin, of our debt. But you have to choose to follow Him. And so that's why when we look at that, it's understanding like, I know for myself, it's, it's like I don't want to live a life of sin. I understand what the cost of that sin was. And so if I do it deliberately, again, I'm just putting Jesus back up on the cross again. And I have to be very careful with that. That's why it tells us that, you know, you need to be confessing your sins daily. It, it, we, we, we don't do that enough, and that's something that we should be doing. And it's like you have been chosen by God. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God chose you. He protects you. The reason you have salvation is because of him. If you've chosen to follow him, it's not based on what you've done. It's not based on, 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 on our works. It's by grace. It's by grace. And then finally, this, this last little piece here in verse 6. Chosen, accepted, uh, chosen and accepted by His grace. In verse 6 it says, To praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. 
I love what A.W. Tozer says about this verse and as, as we read. He says, We need to remember this in our day. A day which there is a lot of sloppy and silly thinking about God. If we have a lower, inaccurate view of God, our worship will be shallow and skewed and dissatisfying. However, if we have a high, accurate view of God, our worship will be meaningful and pure, satisfying and deep. If we shape our thinking about God based on the culture around us, our lives will remain complicated and even chaotic. But as we allow Scripture, this is the most important part of this, but as we allow Scripture to shape our thinking, God will begin to emerge in our minds as He is real, personable, personal, merciful, all-powerful. And finally, the day will come when we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. We need to be emerging our minds and living for Christ. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and yet He has not been revealed that we shall be, but we shall know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. And a term that he says there is, as we talk about praise of the glory of God of His grace, it's this grace that, that, that provides us the, the opportunity to be chosen. But he says, by which He made us accepted and beloved. Accepted and beloved. What a beautiful term. One of the things I love is that's in perfect tense. So I would write this down if I'm you. I, you need, if you're struggling in your faith today, you need this. I have been accepted. I stand accepted. And I will always be accepted in the Beloved. I have been accepted. I stand accepted. And I will always be accepted in the Beloved. If you're going through a trial, a difficulty, or suffering, you need to have that one. You start struggling in a sin... You know how you know that you're his? My wife, we had something that came up this week and just somebody that we love dearly in our family. And, and th there was a huge disagreement. Huge. <sighs> to the point where people were separated. I mean, not just sisters fighting. And, and, and the reality of it was, is I, I think we both were like, did mom, did, did she actually receive Christ? Or did she, you start going through that, right? Not a few days later, Teresa had that conversation with a family member. And it was, you know what, I think I need to apologize. And that's how you know the Holy Spirit's working in somebody. That God's still working in that person's heart. No matter how old they are, no matter what they're going through, that God's still like, hey, you need, to, you need to get right. You need to apologize to your sister. You need to get right with me. It's like that's how you know God is, is working on your heart is because you have the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit guides and directs. But I'm telling you, when you're in His Word, I know y'all get tired of hearing that, but when you're in His Word and you're in prayer, and you're in fellowship, the guiding and the will of his life is easier to figure out. 
Because you're, you're not following behind Christ. You're like right here. I'm on your hip. Like, I don't want to be back here. I want to be on God. I want, like, Jesus, let's go. Like, where do you want to take me? Like, that's how you need to be, clinging to Christ. Hanging on his hip. Don't be way back here. Because that's when the drifting starts happening. Oh, let me go see where this little gray area goes. The next thing you know, you fall away. You fall into sin. But the Holy Spirit's back here going, Hey, get up. <laughs> you need to repent. <laughs> what you're doing is wrong. And you confess it, the Holy Spirit helps you back up. And He goes, let's put you right back here with Jesus. And that's what happens. That's the beauty of our, our, our walk with Christ. Not only has He chosen you, but He loves you. He loves you. And you have been accepted. And you stand accepted. And you will always be accepted. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoy today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station. It's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you, and I would say uh, make that donation to them. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. God bless you. Remember, you can find us at calvarydivine.org. calvarydivine.org. God bless you.